0: Welcome to the Business Big Bang Theory, a podcast from the Business Centre where we talk about all things small business.
1: My name is Peter Hollingsworth. I'm a Business Connect advisor at the Business Centre here in Newcastle. Business Connect is a dedicated program funded by the New South Wales Government and delivered through a network of independent service providers to help you start and or grow your small business. Establish and grow regional business. Adversity can have many different forms, particularly in regional areas and these have the capacity to impact not only on the core values of a business but the very business model itself. Our story today is all about resilience, adaptation and change in order to survive and prosper. Ian and Gail Hollingsworth established Ashmar as a Hereford cattle farm in the late 1980s. Ashmar is situated three hours north of Sydney about 15 minutes from Gloucester and nestled under the picturesque buckets ranges in rolling pastoral land within the Barrington Coast hinterland. It's within the Mid-Coast Council LGA and within eyeshot of the World Heritage-listed Barrington Tops National Park. Ian was raised on the land, did the arduous round journey to and from school each day by bus into Raymond Terrace for high school. And I imagine he probably left at the earliest opportunity (laughs) and sought to take up a number of different opportunities, but particularly around carpentry. And indeed, he ran his own business as a builder, working around the Dungog, Stroud, Gloucester area for many years as he settled into married life raising a family and dreaming about a life on the land. Gail also grew up on the land around the Dungog area on a shared dairy farm her parents ran. She left school at 16 and worked in admin in the local butcher's shop for many years. Eventually she worked full-time at the Gloucester District Hospital in the catering division. Late 1990s Gail saw an opportunity to diversify into the tourism sector and got in to renovate an old cottage on a property that they'd bought and turned it into family-friendly accommodation. The concept of the farm stay was born. So I'd like to introduce our guests now. Ian and Gail, good afternoon. Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. Uh, it's
1: a pleasure to have you with us. For me especially because not only was I a guest in your facility just a couple of weeks ago now sure. and yeah. love the experience, but we share a common surname. and. Um, Ian and my father were brothers, so that makes us cousins, I think, mate. So <laughs> um, it's great to catch up and showcase mm-hmm, your business on that basis. So tell me about um, your early time um, you know, as young adults getting together and, and um, before you bought ASHMAR, what were your plans? What were your aspirations? How did you come around uh, to, to find ASHMAR and, and uh, what was that story?
2: Uh, well, we were married. Um, <laughs> in 1969.
1: Wow. Um, I imagine back in those days you wouldn't have a lot of resources, young couples starting out by themselves?
2: Uh, no, we actually started with our married life with a $1,037. $1,037? $1,037. <laughs> I'm yes.
1: guessing the 1000 was yours and Ian contributed the $37. That,
2: that's <laughs> pretty right. <laughs> yes. And, yeah.
1: and you grew up in Dungog?
2: Grew up in Dungog. Um, we had the choice of renting a, a house when we first got married for fifteen dollars or we could rent a little apartment with no ceiling type of thing no walls that went to the ceilings yeah. for five dollars <laughs> a week so we chose to do that because we wanted to save for our own home yeah. so, which we did
1: yeah, so yeah. you eventually got a deposit together and you bought some land or a
3: home yes yeah, we, we
2: bought a, a, a block of ground for fifty dollars wasn't it when we bought
3: the block mm, of ground uh,
2: was okay. Seven hundred
3: dollars for the block,
2: right? Yeah. And, and yeah. We, yeah, and Ian built the house, which yeah. took us two and a half years for a weekend. Yeah, um, and that cost us twelve and a half thousand.
3: Wow, yeah. twelve and a half thousand. Yeah, that a, was a you was a three bedroom brick, brick home, home with yeah. double garage.
1: Amazing. Yeah. 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 And so on that you ran um, some some uh, livestock.
2: It's, uh, yeah, so then because Ian always wanted land, and so we went ahead and bought. The dearest block of ground that was in, in <laughs> Dungog at the time. Bank managers tried to talk us out of it but anyway um, yeah. we bought that um, it was just on the outskirts of Dungog mm-hmm. and we ran some cattle and and had some horses there. Didn't yeah
3: we, it was only 30 acres but we just yeah it was too big for me horses so we ran some, some yeah. cattle on it too and yeah and that just gave us a Taste of a bit more land, and we just wanted to buy a farm. You know? okay. yeah. So, mm.
1: so yeah. you um, you went looking for properties around the Dungog Stroud area. Yeah. What prompted you to head up towards Gloucester Way? In
2: 1985, when we decided to start looking, we we went to our real estate guy, and um, he suggested we sell our house and our land, mm-hmm. and have the money in the bank ready to go. Right. And we sold our house without advertising, and we sold a block of ground without advertising, so within weeks we were ready to go, mm. but we rented another house in, in Dungog. Um we lived in a caravan actually for six months, mm. and but um, we couldn't afford anything worthwhile in, in Dungog. Is,
1: is this when Dungog just started to move? A lot of people were coming up to yeah, Sydney? Yeah, because uh, it was
2: only three mm, hours, three from, hours and yeah. where Gloucester yeah. was four, four and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So the market hadn't had already gone, But Gloucester
1: yeah. wasn't there yet?
2: Yeah. Okay. And Ian had a friend that was working in the mill, actually, that suggested we go to Gloucester mm. and have a look. He yeah. came from Gloucester. Uh-huh. And yeah. we actually went up there. On um, Good, Good Friday, Friday. Mm-hmm. It was Yeah, Good Friday? Because I can remember the, the real estate guy took us out to one property, brought us back, and dropped us in town, and and um, said, "Buy some lunch, and we'll pick you up in half an hour." So we went into this shop, and the people in front of me were getting um, hot dogs. Mm-hmm. So I thought, "Well, that's nice and easy to eat." Mm-hmm. So we got the hot dogs and sat in the gutter and halfway through, realised it was Good Friday. We don't <laughs> eat meat on Good Friday. So I told Oops. the kids to stop eating.
1: <laughs>
2: and so I do remember it was yes. Good Friday. So,
1: Easter time. Yeah. Mm. And what year was that? 1986.
2: 1986.
1: 1986 at World
3: Bank.
1: Yeah, we What's moved in. in the five, uh, yeah. yeah, so we moved in in August. Years. Wow, mm. yeah. okay. Yeah. So, um, back then, um, I imagine um, you probably entered into a substantial mortgage at that time and, and yep. uh, working as a builder then in and around the, the Gloucester area still, or Dungog
3: still. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah, for the first couple of years I was still mainly in, in Dungog because yep. I was new to Gloucester and it took a while to get to know the state people, was and, um, so I gradually build up the Gloucester business over that two-year period and by, the, by that stage I wasn't good enough to stop there full-time. Mm and I gave away the business in, in Dungog. But mm. uh, yeah, I used to go to Dungog and camp in a room at the back of my workshop and through the week, and <laughs> come home <Yeah>. for <laughs> So
1: just out of interest, back back then, late 80s, um, interest rates were huge, weren't they? They were mm-hmm. 15, 16,
2: 17 and a
1: half percent. We paid a loan of 40,000
2: off. 40,000, so 40,000,
1: 17 and a half percent. We, we That's about 7,000 bucks a year, Hmm. interest only. What were the wages for a a builder back then? Mm, Maybe 130
3: bucks a week or something. Mm. uh, 130 a
1: week.
2: I think I was getting about $45 a week.
1: (laughs) So six and a half, seven. You were barely covering the interest only on your mortgage Mm. at that stage. Mm. Wow, that's a huge commitment. So right at the minute when we've got interest rates that are so low, like not even a quarter of 1% the official rate, puts life in perspective, 17.5% interest rates. Yeah, Yeah. That was the recession that we had to have, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So um, you moved to Ashmar in 86? Yep. And can you tell us Ashmar? Interesting name, where does that come from?
2: It comes from my daughter's called Marika, and my son is called Ashley. And I sat down one day and tried to work out a a name for our farm, and I came up with the three letters. And I came up with Ashmar. And Marika said, Mum, I came first, it should be Marash. <laughs> and, and then goes, no, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> so that's it's how Ashma might come about.
1: So it's yeah. the, the first three first letters three of the letters kid's, kids name. And that's, that's the name that uh, the place has become known as. Yeah, and, uh, well known. Well famous for. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Little, so tell us about <laughs> some of the challenges that you've faced over the years. Um, I, I guess moving into the place, was it, um, it hadn't been occupied, had it, for a while?
2: No, eight years. But the Eight. white ants had moved in. Oh, the
1: white ants! White ants, <laughs> and they were perfectly at home.
2: <laughs> they, were, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they did a good job. Yeah.
1: So you're heavily committed with a mortgage. You know, um, both working independently. The white ants had moved in. So what did you do?
2: Well, before we moved up, we we, um, we did two rooms up.
1: Mm-hmm. We did
2: two kids' rooms up, bedrooms. Yep. Um, and the rest of the place, we just. Did up as we could afford it. Yeah. I can remember my dad retired and well it was a dining room back then I don't know right. how but it had a window in the middle of the house it went nowhere but anyway <laughs> and it had, an kitchen, old, it? Yeah, it had an old chimney and um, and I went and bought some cheap material and, and made curtains over this part where the white ants had eaten out, and I was quite happy with the way it looked and mum and dad came up And I showed Dad, you know, Mm. that I'd changed this dining room a bit and he went home and rang me up that night and said, Sis, I got a bit of money when I retired, I'll give you a few hundred dollars and you get that room done properly,
3: (laughs) (laughs) so obviously. So that was another job for (laughs) me. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough.
0: Do you have a business idea, but you're not sure it'll work? We have small business toolboxes and expert business advisors to support and guide you through your startup process. Contact us via our website to find out how. businesscentre.com.au
1: So the first year or so on, on the property, um, things went well?
0: No. No?
2: No. <laughs> no. We actually moved in, in a dry time. And even though Ian and I came off the land and... and realized you know how to run a farm mm-hmm. um we put our cattle there and they started falling apart and started dying and it even though we had the, all the grass it was dead grass but we thought there'd be value in the grass but there wasn't mm-hmm. any value and we also ran into ticks pick, bad ticks. you know we never never had ticks in dungog so it was a new new problem for us to handle mm-hmm. so Isn't that
1: interesting I was, I was saying to you off camera before, I had a similar experience living in Victoria once. Yeah. But around about that same time actually, and said to a vet, oh, I think my dog might have a paralysis tick. And he really wanted to know where I'd come from, because there was no such thing as a tick in Victoria. So um, they must drown crossing the Murray River or something, I imagine. <laughs> or it's too cold or something. Yeah. But, so that's interesting. There were there were ticks down to Gloucester, but not as far as... Yeah, they had, they and they in the years since, has it progressed further? Yeah, the, they have. They have. They have. Yep.
3: Yep. And at the time, some of the chemical companies had bought out a, a poron that you could treat your cattle with. Yep. Uh, and it was good, and it was fairly cheap, and it would last about six weeks. Mm. So you probably had to treat your cattle two or three times in that summer tick right. period. Yep. Um, and that was fine, and I think that enabled us to get our numbers down, mm. the tick numbers down a lot. Yep. But then the Americans worked out that there was a chemical in that pour-on that they didn't like, and it was banned. show up in the meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was banned in Australia, and um, so and I thought, oh well, they'll, they'll come up with another chemical, but they didn't. They didn't. A couple of the firms um, incorporated something in their worm drench, pour-on worm drench that would kill the ticks, but it didn't last as long. And because it was also a wormer, your cattle didn't have any worms, but it cost you a fair bit of money. Mm, right. you know? So um,
1: fast forward to today, how do you control ticks today? Ticks now?
3: We've really, we hardly ever treat our cattle for ticks mm-hmm. at the mo- in, the, in the last couple of years mm. because they seem to have Gone. died out.
2: Yeah, you know, to a certain day. extent,
3: you know, yeah, they, yeah, they sure. still get an odd one, but uh, not okay. like they used to be. Yeah. And what, we, does, uh, if,
1: if a, a beast is infected or um, impacted by ticks, it'll get sick and die, is that the
3: oh, consequence? Well? Yeah, there's, there's two Cards different types off. of ticks. There's a paralysis tick, which luckily we didn't have a lot of. Yep. Uh, we had the odd ones and they, they would kill dogs or calves, yep. uh, but our main ticks were just the blood-sucking ticks. And, and they would, uh, they wouldn't have uh, young mm. calves if there was enough okay. cattle on them. They mm. they just get anemic, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when we first moved up there, there were a thousand. them. Mm-hmm. 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 it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's as
1: if um, just fluctuating, you know, cattle prices was uh, was enough. You've got everything else to deal with. As yeah. Well. Oh, right. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're on you're on Ashma. You've set it up. You've survived that first year. we Survive yep. the ticks and the, the poor feed and, and everything. Into the 90s, Gail, you've come up with the idea of transforming the business or supplementing the the the, the normal farm income with something or other else. What was that?
2: It was a farm stay I had in mind when we moved to the to Gloucester. Um, there was two houses very close together, so we advertised that other house that we classed as the worst house of the two and hoping that someone would take it, but, Just but no pick one... Pick it up, take it away. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. no, yeah. giving yeah. it away. Yeah. But yeah. no, no, no one no, wanted it either. We <laughs> didn't even get anyone into <laughs> yeah. the ad. Right. So then we read lambs in it through the first three winters we had. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I heard people talking about b and in England and how that was done. And and we had friends up the road that bought property and they were from the city. And I mentioned, we had a barbecue and I mentioned it to him one night and he said, have a go, you know, mm. have a go at it. And anyway, not long after that, there was an ad in a paper, in Gloucester paper, um, wanting to start up a BNB and b association. So I went to that and there was two other people there. So that's how it started in so Gloucester.
1: Th- just if I can butt in, what was the accommodation Seen like in Gloucester at that time. At that
2: time, there was two motels. And that, that was it. it. Yeah. Mm, yep. Okay. Two motels.
1: So you had this public meeting that two or three people turned up. Yeah. And mm. from there, what happened? From
2: there, we we decided we could put some flyers in in the shop windows. Right. Um, and that's that's how we. So another um, people went ahead with the B and B, and we went ahead with the farm stay. We had. One um, lot of guests for the first 12 months and when we moved to Ashmar we had no money so we took the windows what was left in the farmstay house yeah. and put it in our house <laughs> <laughs> because we couldn't afford
0: yeah. windows
2: um so these people stayed in a house that had some of the rooms had no windows just had the frame <laughs> they had no bathroom and they had no kitchen, no kitchen. but they came back Wow. And I still can't realise why they did that, but anyway. And
1: that, were they from Sydney?
2: Uh, yes. Yeah. And how they got there, Gloucester was well known for Scottish dancing. Yeah. So okay. they wanted accommodation at that time. So right. that's how wow. they, they came out to Ashmar. But oh. yeah, so that's Wonderful. how it, how that's it started. So, yeah. And so, so it began, eh? Yeah. So we started off with uh, two motels, farmstay and a B&B back then. Mm. And today, we've, I ran the tourist centre before I came down here, and there's 85 accommodation providers in the area now. Yeah. So that's how much it's grown. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. Mm. And back then, were there were there council re- restrictions, or was the council able to help you in, in any ways? Was
2: there really wasn't, no. We got off on the ground floor, which yeah. was great. Uh, now I believe you've got a... Yeah, this, there's a fair few... Um, expenses involved in setting it up now uh, but yeah
1: and um, but I guess even promoting Gloucester as a tourist area at that time uh, the mainstream media or other businesses wouldn't have been thinking tourism no
2: Gloucester didn't like tourism Gloucester Mm. farmers didn't like that word at all No. No, no
1: Leave it the way it is. We don't want anyone, yes, coming, don't in want with anyone coming, new coming in. We don't want anyone coming in, changing
2: our town. Yeah, yeah. 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 very yeah. much yeah. so. so was that a
1: familiar. was that a resistance that you guys had
3: to overcome?
2: A, a little. Yeah, yes. it was a little. Yes, yeah.
3: yes. yes. slightly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Now tourism's a,
2: with the a main big, industry. big thing for us. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So from a, a, a cottage
1: that you had to renovate as you went to live in as your own home, and then the adjoining property, which was where you were breeding lambs, <laughs> no bathroom, no kitchen. kitchen. By the year 2000, what happened in year 2000 NRMA.
2: Well, we, yeah, we got we got accredited just before then with um, a four-star credit for mm-hmm. NRMO, which you know we we spent every, all all the money that we got for our accommodation didn't go into the farm. It went into, back into okay. an, a bank account, which we done the that house up. So that's how we got accredited with, mm-hmm. and we never borrowed any money because right. we had a loan, and and we couldn't borrow any more money. So what
1: was the standard that you had to bring it up to to get a four star? Well, uh, probably windows. I'm
2: thinking the win- <laughs> windows, <laughs> ceilings falling down, <laughs> the white entered the ceilings, yeah. and they were all down. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. that yeah. was a. All had to be done. All (laughs) had to
2: be done. And in 2000, we had saved up enough money, and we had the rest of it up to to where we wanted it. Keeping in mind that I didn't want something posh, I wanted a farm state house, Mm -hmm. because that's what we are. So keeping that in mind, we had enough money, then I wanted to build another cottage, actually. Mm. and, um, And Ian was dead against it because he say, well, look, we take the kids down to to the dairy and they milk a cow. If you bring in another family, their kids are going to compete with these mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. and so forth, so on. So he was very much against that. And we actually just came up with and decided to add another bedroom. Right. So we could, now we could sleep tw- 11 Accommodate people.
1: more people yeah. within the one yeah. family. So we
2: difference. still only take one booking at All a time, time, whether there's two people or whether there's 11 people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got the farm state to
0: themselves. Right. And but, access yeah.
1: to all facilities non-competing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm.
0: So um, so that yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a part-time business that you'd like to take full-time and beyond? Our experienced business advisors can support you in growing your area and making that big bang in business. Contact us at businesscenter.com.au
1: Okay, so I've been, uh, in in my capacity in the the business centre, I do a lot of accredited training in small business courses. (coughs) One of the things I always say to people, you know, if you're going to build a sustainable business, you need to get good customers that come back and bring their friends with them. So repeat business and referrals. So uh, it seems to me that you've done that very well. In fact, I can recall seeing an honour roll in in your guest cottage of people that have been to ashmar on more than 20 occasions
2: 20 times Mm. and
1: another on a roll with people that have been at least 10 times (laughs) he
2: was 16 i counted them that's
1: amazing yeah that that's that's the core of your business straight away there there's 36 families Mm. every year uh, and across 52 weeks yeah um Mm. that's just phenomenal Repeat business, and I'm sure they're telling their friends about it. That's so. it.
2: They'll tell ten people how good it is But if it's bad they tell ten people how bad it is too, so you know. So what's the
1: experience? How, how do you make Make something that wants people to keep coming back time and time and time again?
2: Um, I, I think you've got to put yourself out there. Um, Ian's really good with with um, our guests because he loves talking about his land, Mm -hmm. and he's a true farmer. (laughs) Um, And I think that has a lot to do with, he's very patient with the kids. Um, So he milks, hand milks a cow every afternoon with the kids. Um, We have small animals for the kids to interact with all the time. Mm. I think that's another big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, The cottage um, has to be spotless. And I think that if you walk into something that's clean and tidy and and looks nice, that that makes the women feel good too, you know. So yeah, so I think mm. you just got to and just be yourself, you know. Like yeah. Okay.
1: So for your guests, it's a fully immersive farm stay experience with real farmers, not hobby farmers. No, not hobby. People that love the land and live the passion. Yeah. They can interact, milk a cow, feed a baby lamb with a bottle, and, yep. and, yep. and do all that that um, yeah, yeah that that Mm-hmm. The experience that you guys take for granted, but most of the rest of us that live in a, an urban environment, yep. we read about in books, don't
2: we? Yeah. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Surprising uh-huh. how many people see our silo and think the milk's in there. <laughs> <laughs> you get some funny stories. We have had people
3: come there from there, and they'd sit on the back veranda for a couple of days, and yeah, I think oh, it's beautiful and a lovely view and stuff, and then and they're, they're thinking about buying property themselves. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they say, we've been watching you, you'd never stop. And I said, well, if you've got land, there's something to do seven days a week. Mm. Uh, and that, they change their mind, a lot of them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, which probably
1: is a good thing too. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about some of the awards that you guys have picked up.
2: We well, have been lucky, well I suppose lucky, but we put the hard work in I think, but um, back in 2000, was two thousand, two thousand 2000, 2002? 2002? Mm-hmm. Um, I put in a submission for the Hunter um, Tourist Awards, which was Newcastle, um, and in the middle of a drought, yet again, mm-hmm. and so um, I thought initial idea was if we could get Recognized that it would help with the advertising because sure. back then advertising was quite expensive yep. and hard to get out there <coughs> so I put there and it was Pages and pages you had to submit. Sure. But anyway, we done that um, and We had guests in the night that the awards was in Newcastle so we decided we couldn't afford to go anyway because the cost of the tickets and stuff. So, we we'll f- just to we-
1: put that in perspective. Um, I, th- I think I read somewhere that it was like a thousand dollars a week you were paying for yeah for food. It was that costing time. us a thousand dollars a week yeah. then, and and to mm. go to Newcastle overnight, accommodation, meals, and everything yeah. was mm. probably T- two or two three or days three. worth of food. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm.
1: So you very much had so, to have your priority. And so the cattle like
2: comes them. first. Yeah. Mm. So and and we're doing the meals for the farm stay and got a phone call to say that we actually want which was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then our submission that we had in Newcastle, we didn't get back. It went then down to Sydney to the New South Start. Wales mm. Church Awards. And that was in about another six or eight weeks from Newcastle. And again, still in the middle of the drought. So um, I said to Ian, Ian would have went. If he would thought I should have been there because we put the hard work in. And I go, no, no. I can't, we can't afford to go. So uh, about a week before the awards in Sydney, they rang me and um, <clears throat> said, did I forget to buy the tickets? And I go, no, no, I just can't justify spending money there, I'm sorry. Um, and they rang back the next day and, and they said that they decided to, um, seeing we were doing it tough on the land, um, give us tickets for the, for the night and pay accommodation. And I got straight on the phone, and rang my daughter and I says, Marika, we must have won. And she goes, I wouldn't jump to that <laughs> conclusion, <laughs> Mum. <laughs> but anyway, we went down and, and yeah, and we did win, which wow. was beautiful, yeah. Uh,
1: and so did that recognition help generate business, do you think? Yeah, oh, mm. of course, yeah, yeah it did, Excellent.
2: yeah, it really did. Yeah. And, and Woman's, woman's um, Day, had a page in their, um, magazine, um, Coach tra- Travel
3: Wagons. Travel,
2: uh, well, Coach, just...
3: Coach Travel wagons, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, something like that it was called. So I wrote to them about Ashmar and you had to send a photo, mm. um, and we got 34 bookings out of it. And
1: the Woman's Day magazine. Yeah,
2: that's the best that's thing fine. that we ever entered. But right. yeah. yeah, we but actually cool. went on Sydney, Sydney weekend, weekend not mm-hmm. round about that time, and it was it was um they said they were going to run it oh, one month that, but we were we were really busy that time and um but then when well, they had they did they did run at that time didn't yeah, they
3: yeah, and, was a busy, and we're, we were already booked
2: we got five phone calls before the session was finished
3: well,
2: but not one booking thinking because thinking. they wanted to come straight away yeah. and out of that tv we never got one booking okay which was,
1: and yet the print media worked. Yeah, pretty it did work um, then. Now another thing that I'm, I was very impressed um, to hear uh, that you had done. You tell me about early on in the piece when you were trying to understand who your typical farm stay client would be. Right. Um family with young kids. Kids,
2: yeah. Well, um, animals. So we, yeah. you know, target it to the children. And early in the piece, I thought, well, we've got to target to the young families because. Once the kids go to school, mum and dad say you can't pull the kids out of school. So mm-hmm. we targeted the preschoolers, and I was able to get a list. Some some person gave me the list of all the preschoolers in Sydney. So I wrote to the preschoolers in Sydney.
1: So let me understand this: you you just didn't put an ad on Facebook because there was well, there's no, no
0: Facebook.
1: Facebook. <laughs> so you wrote by hand, long hand. Yep. How many preschools?
2: Oh, there was. About 60 or 70, I think it was. Individual in letters. Days, yeah, yeah, and down there. And then, then I got the smart idea, not long after that, to, um, to take every child's birthday and send them a birthday card. <laughs> that, was big, that was big. I was sending up to oh, 80 and 90 birthday cards a month.
1: Wow. Yeah.
3: And do you think you I
2: got any traction through
1: any of those activities? The, targeting so, the preschools worked?
2: Yeah, yeah, it did, and because not only, as you say, if if someone likes something, they go back and talk about it, yeah. and the kids took photos back and took them to preschool, and, and they were handed around that way. Yeah, no, it's yeah. amazing. So, um, yeah, but it and was really hard to get your name out there in those days, because you know, I don't advertise at all now. It's just Facebook and.
1: And, re- and returning customers oh, of course. by the time you're 34 or so families come back yeah, every year, yeah no, right, right. I know. <laughs> there's only 52 I weeks know. in the what year what is
2: it I, I just did something the other day and i think on the board up until the 18th of march we had 80 uh, 60 68 bookings for the year and out of that we had 37 worried pe- wow. pe- people yeah. that,
1: that's just that's just a model for any business any yeah. business anywhere in any industry I right. challenge them to have a higher returning customer yeah. base than that. That's just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It really is, uh, and it must be pleasing that over the years you've seen a lot of those families grow up. Oh, I'm, definitely.
2: I'm yeah, yeah. Well, the family we have got back in the t- this time it's their sixteenth time they came yeah. in yesterday, and their girls are the same age as my granddaughters. Yeah. So they've got this great bond, haven't they? Uh, and they I mean, the, together. they hang out together. They you know, one of the, my oldest granddaughter and their oldest daughter go to, to Sydney Unis and they get together one day a week, oh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's magic. It, it is. yeah. It really, is. It really It's is. really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then have lots of people have their special birthdays, don't they? Yep. Yeah. They yeah. come yeah. and have yeah. their birth, yeah. birthdays, yeah. they want to come back. It's surprising how many people, when they get to Ashmore and they come in to say hello and they go, we're home. That's what they say.
0: We're home.
1: <laughs> that must make you feel pretty yeah. special, doesn't it?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. All the hard work.
0: If you're enjoying our podcast today, make sure you rate and review Business Big Bang Theory through iTunes and follow and share us on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at The Business Centre.
1: So I imagine that, yeah, you would have heard, in, in addition to all the hard times and the hard life stories, there's probably a few funny little anecdotes or stories that you've come across.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ian oh. can tell you about the skinny dipping.
3: <laughs> skinny <laughs> dipping, or, this, this is PG only, so the abridged version. Please. Yeah, there was one family there early in the piece and that was uh, the older lady's 60th birthday. Mm-hmm. And so they came up with their daughter and their son and their husband and wife and, and the kids. <coughs> and. Uh, yeah, they went off down the creek one day it was pretty hot weather when they were there went down the, in the creek and had a bit of a swim and they come back walked up past the house and i said hey, Girl, they're all wet you know they've, they've been swimming down there and so that was fine but anyway, the next day they went up to the and tops and uh, they came home and then they came over gal supplied the meal for the christmas party that night and, and uh but, served it out over in our place and, and when they were leaving the, the uh, wife's husband handed me a, a video and he said uh, after we go back I'll get you to put this on and play it through for us he said you can watch it if you like so, yeah we sat down to watch it and neither were skinny dipping <laughs> in the river <laughs> You know, mm. 60 year old woman <laughs> So you haven't had any questions from your
1: you know, naturalist or nudist colonies? Or no, no.
2: Oh, actually, Ian's nephew rang me up and tried to book in, because he had heard the story. <laughs> no, no, that's funny.
1: And um, something about an egg, I heard. Oh, uh,
2: <laughs> Yes. Kids love, love collecting eggs, but mm-hmm. with little kids, they hang on to them, they either squash them, or they drop them and then they cry and so everyone's upset.
1: So j- just to say that, so near the house you've got a chicken coop yep. with, the, with a, n- a number of layers and you yep. typically get what, half yep. a dozen or so eggs every morning, yep. yeah. so yeah. the kids yeah. go yeah. down and, and collect them. They yeah. feed the
2: chooks and yep. collect the eggs. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so they occasionally they break one,
2: yeah. Uh, quite often they yeah. used to break them. <laughs> and so I happened to be shopping one day and came across these rubber eggs and mm-hmm. I go, good, they're just like the real thing so I bought some and put them in and explained to the you know well I did the first time I explained to the people that, what I was doing but and, it, and the kids used to pick them up and take them up the cottage and then the mums used to take them back but after a while I, I didn't bother telling anyone what what the go was and and I happened to go down after these people had left and there was no rubber eggs left and so I sent them a message and just because I thought the kids probably had them and played with them somewhere and and they wrote back and said no no, they tried to break them to fry them (laughs) And couldn't break them, so they thought they yeah. must have been rotten
1: and threw them away. and put them in the bin.
2: And then the garbage bin was collected that morning. So I lost my so ink. They're gone. Yeah.
0: Do you have a part time business that you'd like to take full time and beyond? Our experienced business advisors can support you in growing your area and making that big bang in business. Contact us at businesscentre.com.au.
1: Over the last, I guess, decades, but particularly in the last couple of years, obviously, we've had. Droughts, we've had fires, we've had pandemics and so on. Um, we've had fluctuations in, in cattle pricing and so on as a result of droughts. How has being diversified helped you guys survive through that period?
2: Yeah. The farm stay. Mm. I always say to Ian and Ian agrees with me that if we didn't have the farm stay we wouldn't be there, which mm. is really sad.
3: Well we'd be both still working full time <laughs> outside oh, of the farm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And, and you know, if you look around Gloucester, and even today, if you look around Gloucester farmers, it's sad. If the farmer hasn't got a job on the side, the wife works.
3: Mm-hmm. It,
2: you just can't
3: outside the farm. You outside know. the farm.
2: Yeah, you yeah. just
3: most of the farms have an outside income of some sort.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, Ian and I. Well, I worked for ten years um, full time, and before I came back, but the farm stay was. Up and going, well then. So, the farm stay pays for everything except the rates. The farm pays for the rates of the land,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and everything else goes back into the land. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. the cottage keeps our lifestyle. Okay. You know, which is a bit sad to think that we've got this wonderful land, but it doesn't really make a living mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm.
1: You're telling me before that a lot of the advisors, a lot of the go-to people, the financial experts, will tell everyone on the land that when the drought's coming, they should sell off their stock. They yep. can't afford to to carry stock through mm-hmm. drought and feed them. But the irony then is that when the drought breaks, they've got to go and pay a premium yeah. Yeah. stock to
3: purchase yeah. it. Right. You
1: guys didn't have to do this, this last drought, did you? No. no we've well,
2: the farm, in the, the last drought, we, helped, yeah. we,
3: um, we opted to feed our cows Mm -hmm. Um, because we've got most of our cattle are are, are stud cattle Um, and we've had the stud breeding for 25 years a bit longer than that Mm -hmm. Um, so we've we've been breeding on particular bloodlines we thought well if we sell these cows we've lost that we've got to start again so we opted to hand feed most of our cattle we culled the obvious culled, but uh, the main nucleus of our herd we kept it cost us a lot of money the farm stay and and our nest eggs <laughs> um, <coughs> paid for it. S- suffered uh, <coughs> and towards the end of it it was costing us over three thousand dollars a week but when the when the rains came we had cattle on the plough. we had cows that had had calves that were uh, producing and, and they were going to be our next income um, and uh, yeah and, and since since the drought broke uh, cattle prices have just skyrocketed uh, I've never seen them as high probably never will see them that high again but um, and we don't know how long it's going to last like that it probably will drop off but yeah you know, the, the drought was so widespread that uh, there was uh, I think nearly half of the New South Wales cow herd had been slaughtered or died mm. because people couldn't feed them um, they knew to get their incomes going again they've got to buy cows back in at the top of the market and, and they're paying really big money whereas we've got our cows we had a, f- a few extras that we were able to sell Uh, and take advantage of that money and then our calves that we're uh, selling as wounders are bringing premium prices too. We got um, nearly seventeen hundred dollars for straight calves nine months old off cows this year. Where would that price have been say back in the drought? (laughs) Back in the drought you'd have probably, for those same calves we'd have probably got two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars for but and even before the drought we might have got 854. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, So that, that's critically prices have on real. a couple of levels. You're able to keep your your bloodline,
1: mm. yeah. because you're getting a reputation now. You've got buyers for your stock, haven't you? Yeah, when, when yeah, you're, yeah to market. Yeah, you've got yeah. people
3: queuing up to buy Ashmar yeah. stock. Yeah, We yeah, we still sell them. We sell bulls. Yep. Um, and we're getting people coming back repeat buyers for them, yep. uh, which is good. Um, and the same with their commercial cattle, the wyandestes that uh, we're getting people chasing them again, and mm-hmm. and and yeah, that that's good. Yeah. The good
2: mm. thing about the farm stay is in a drought, people still come. Mm. You know, so we could yeah. we still had the income then, so, mm. which was which was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. the place didn't look good, but people. Uh, yeah. Understood that, you know, uh, and, and uh, we didn't have any poor cattle around either. Nah, we, you nah, know, we look after our cattle. So. There
3: was no, yeah, the place was pretty brown, but yeah, and, and, uh, and I think uh, in lots of cases that was an educational thing for, sure. for the city people. Absolutely, they realised yeah. what farmers do go through yeah. uh, not only good times, you know, and no. Uh, no, yeah, no, so it's no, been so. good. And I, that's the part that I enjoy with. Dealing with people through that, that you get. To me, it's a it's a way of educating the rest of the population. Yeah, very important
1: too. Mm. So, back in the early days, you mentioned that you know there were some that probably didn't accept tourism and mm. and so on into the area. What's your role within the local community now? I imagine uh, you guys are a, pretty much a pillar, not only of the the hospitality tourism market, but um, you'd be pretty popular with other other uh, commercial operators in the area.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean they've got a fantastic tourist cent- centre in Gloucester now, you know, which, which is great. Um, yeah, we, we just, we encourage our farmstay people to go into town and, and spend their money, you mm-hmm. know, like go out for a meal and, and they often come home and go, they asked us where we were. Uh, we we're staying, and, and they go, "Oh, Ashma and they go, "Oh, you know Ashmore, yeah. yeah." But no, it's um, it's a lovely little town, gorgeous town, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah it's a beautiful
3: it is. town and very and friendly. Sure, yeah. We've had people come up there from the city, and they they go to the town on Saturday morning, and, and um, yeah, everyone talks to them. You know, I <laughs> uh, think this is strange. Yeah, <laughs> they had one guy come here years ago, and he was. He was pulled up in the street somewhere waiting, for, you know, and he, he said, I looked in the rear vision and there's two or three cars pulled up behind me. And he said, they just sat there. He said, no horn blowing or anything like that. They just waited for me, <laughs> you know, and he said, it's different, yep. you know, it is.
1: Uh, indeed. It is. So what does the future hold for Ashmar? What's going to happen um, for a succession plan? Will it still be around in 10 years, 20 years? Mm. What are you thinking?
2: It's a hard one, that one. Yeah, look, I'd, our son loves the land. He really does. And he's, he works on the farm every second weekend. He's there every second weekend. And when when we bought the farm, he was eight. Um, and as I said, Ian was in Dungog. And he'd come home from school and get changed and go down on the flat and dig thistles, which were quite tall at that stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I I said to him, Every one afternoon, I said, why do you go down there every afternoon? I mean, I wasn't asking him to go down there. And he goes, well, Mum, it's like this. The more I do now, the less I've got to do when I get it. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, right. He was eight. (laughs) But anyway, but he's worked hard on on the land. So we would love to hand it down to him, but it's... um, what happens if we need to go into a nursing home? You know, it's mm-hmm. um, we're doing concession planning at the moment, mm-hmm. which is a hard road. Mm-hmm. We've um, we've been trying that for some time, and we've got a big meeting coming up on the 24th with with someone that's <coughs> going to sit with the family. Mm-hmm. It's expensive um, mm-hmm. to set this up, but we've got to come up with an answer. But um, my dad, he had had a property in Dungog and and just about his retirement age, the government handed out this offer that if you wanted to hand your farm down to um, a family member, you could and not have to declare the money mm-hmm. because you've given it to him or them um, and you would then would go on to an age pension. Mm-hmm. And mum, mum and dad did that right. and my brother still lives on that farm, you know, but. So what, yeah, I just hope that we do, mm. God willing, that mm. that's how it will go,
3: yeah. not, you know. Well, a- Ashley's been, in, uh, he's been keen on it ever since he was a kid, mm. what Carl said, and, and I think when he was about 13, he, he was the one that actually started the stuff. Yeah, he did. Mm. Mm. Um, he, he wanted to buy a cow, we, we, uh, yeah. we, we bought him a cow, and then mm. it, we'd already given the, the kids a, a handful mm. of cows to be theirs on the farm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, Ashley used to sell his calves and put the money in the bank. <laughs> and then after he'd started the stud, he, uh, we bought his first cow, I think it was, and then, uh, yeah, he, another stud had a sale, and he, he went there and bought four or five cows out of that one. <laughs> he and built. that was the start of his business. And, yeah. and then, um, yeah, we finished up. We, I got involved in too, and, mm. and we've we've done it together ever since. And mm. he, he, it's just a good it's good to be able to work together, and, mm. and you, know, you, you know you've got a family bond. And yeah, I just hope that he can somehow he can take it over and, and continue. Yeah. Mm. Well,
1: it would be great to see both. Both the farm and obviously the farm stay business. Mm, He's not interested (laughs) in that.
2: Well, I mean, he's got a business, so his business will support the farm. Where, Mm. yeah, but you never know. No, his his partner might like to take the farm stay on. So, he's hoping, and God willing. Yeah, it's (laughs) God willing. Yeah. Look,
1: I'd, I'd really like to thank Ian and Gail. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. It's been fascinating to hear your story quite insightful to see firsthand how you've adapted your business in the face of so many challenges over so many years really appreciate and and you understand how valuable your time is and thank you so much for giving it uh, to us today for anyone who would like to be in contact um, with ian and gail to learn about their experience or perhaps even experience ashmar themselves get in contact with the business center and we'll forward uh, your details onto them Uh, i'd like to commend to all of our viewers and subscribers the business connect program This is a dedicated program funded by the New South Wales Government and delivered through a network of independent service providers like the Business Centre to help you start or grow your own small business. If you would like a business advisory session, which is 100% subsidised by the New South Wales Government under the Business Connect program, call 1300 134 359 or email connect at treasury.nysouthwales.gov.au. From myself, the team at the Business Centre and our guests today, thank you and good afternoon.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast today, please review and rate us through iTunes and follow and share on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at the Business Centre.